It's not always the big things that change the world. It's the small acts of kindness that happen repeatedly over a lifetime that make the world a better place. So every week we share a story of someone like you who is doing good in the world in their own way. Welcome to Doing Good with Carmen Herbert. Hello, everyone. I'm Carmen Herbert, and welcome to Doing Good. Today, I am so excited to have one of my dear friends, an amazing woman, Callie Reed Adams. Do you go by Callie Reed Adams or Callie Reed or just no. Callie? Yeah, Cal -Cal. I think just Callie. <laughs> just Cal -Cal. Anyone, anyone who's in my stake, it's very very confusing because it's sister Adams and sometimes people call me Callie Reed and then they don't know who I'm talking about. And I don't know. it's just odd. It's just odd. Yeah. That's, that's like me. People will call me sister Rasmussen still. They're like oh. brother Herbert and sister Rasmussen. And they're like, oh, are they together? Like, wait, <laughs> you've been married way longer than I've been. Uh, 15 years in December. It's all good. I'm okay. Oh my yep. gosh. 15 years. That's so exciting. 15 years. Isn't that oh. crazy? I know. <laughs> So Callie, we've known each other for like eight years mm -hmm. and we met doing Time Out for Girls with Deseret Book. Yes. And oh man, the memories. Those were the days. Memories. Those were the days <laughs> when we just had no idea what life was going <laughs> no to be like. The joy that was coming. The joy. The joy <laughs> and the stress and all yes. the amazing things. We both had one child. Mm -hmm. Now yeah. you have six. I have I, four. <laughs> yeah, you I inherited mean. several, so that's you know I jumped ahead. Yes, that's true. <laughs> you you grew two. I yes, grew I four. Grew two of them. Yes, <laughs> you inherited four, and I want to talk all about that. People are like, "What are you guys saying? What are you yes. talking about?" So, really quickly, for those of you who don't know who Amazing Kelly is, so <laughs> Kelly grew up in San Diego. And she was taught to sing by her mom at a really young age. And when her sweet mom passed away in 2011, after a battle with cancer, Kelly decided to write her first album, which is called The Waiting Place, as a tribute to her mom. Your second album, What Heaven Feels Like, was released in 2015 and features inspirational songs in your beautiful, unique, fresh style. Callie, you experienced another painful loss when your first marriage ended in divorce. And then you penned your third album, Believer, during your years as a single full-time mom. And then your fourth album, Rejoice, featured favorite <laughs> Christ-centered Christmas songs and was released in 2019 and truly was a time of rejoicing because by then you had remarried. Yes. And inherited, like you said, yes. four beautiful children mm -hmm. and had another one of your own. So you have <laughs> now six children and yes. you live in Utah mm -hmm. and now have, you've joined the farm, the pre-farm bandwagon. So I always say like chickens are like the gateway drug to yes. like full on farmer. Uh, <laughs> and you that. have, I know everyone that gets chickens, they're like, you I promise it's an amazing thing, but I have a giant dog I'm afraid would eat the chickens. Probably would. In our yard. So yes. we would not be able to do that. But you you like have videos of your Instagram going out and getting the eggs. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Picturesque scenery, like the most yes. beautiful place. Ugh. Um, are you planning on getting like a cow or pigs <laughs> or anything anytime soon? You know, my husband, my husband was really talking about getting a horse for a while. He grew up, you know, riding oh, horses like fun. with his gun and his dog and like, you know, yes. trapping whatever he trapped. I don't know. I grew up in San Diego. We didn't trap things. Yes. So, but um, yeah, so he really wanted to get a horse for a minute, but then I reminded him that he doesn't even want a dog because he doesn't want to have to clean up after a dog. 
and the cleanup that you have to do after a horse way bigger <laughs> so so much more yeah, so i said while we have so many very young children because again inheriting children means that you can have them you know at unnatural life intervals right yes. so it's like their ages are very close yes and um it's just it's too much i can't clean up after a horse and six children i just no. can't do it and stay sane so and the chickens yes yeah, so for right now i mean the good news is that we have like a pasture so we don't there there's minimal cleanup with the chickens so that's, that's really good nice. that mm -hmm. that's really nice i bet that helps yeah. a lot so much <laughs> my sister has chickens and they have like a coop and everything and mm -hmm. like uh, a raccoon got in one night and oh, ate no. with it, and they were on vacation and they came home oh, and no. their neighbors were like we are so sorry she's oh. like it was i know she's like i know they're just chickens but it was devastating. Like yeah. our kids died for days. Oh, <laughs> it was so no. sad. Like Millie and Coco. You know, these little yeah, kids. well, you name them. They have personalities. And they totally do. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> but they got some other ones. They were able to integrate them because I heard that's oh. another thing. They can like not like the new chickens, the yeah. old chickens. It's like this whole thing. Yeah, it's a pecking order. That's, where, a pecking that's order. where the term comes from. Isn't, Isn't that, that crazy? funny? The <laughs> yeah. pecking order. And now it's all good and they're good with their chickens. But you have this beautiful, I mean, honestly, an amazing, yes, chaotic, yes, crazy, but <laughs> an amazing full life. Mm -hmm. But from reading your bio, you have experienced significant devastating loss. Like not, we all go through trials in life, some more than others, but divorce and death is to to go through both of those, especially, you know, at a really young age in life is so hard. So I want to talk to you kind of today about what you did to come out of your grief during those times and what you did during the in-between times, like mm -hmm. getting over the death of you. And of course you never get over it, but recovering and, and, right. um, you know, learning to embrace life without your mom. And then also, before you met John after your divorce <laughs> and you're like, okay, I'm a single mom living with my parents again with mm -hmm. my little girl. And Party. is life going to be what I always imagined it? Cause now it, it just took a completely different route. Yeah. So let's talk about your mom first. How, how old were you when your mom passed away? So I was, well, I think I was 27 and mom passed away. 27 mm -hmm. and and you, you had your your little girl violet no no i wasn't married i was single okay and yeah so my i mean everything that i had imagined for my life and we all believed you know that mom would get a miracle and so i was still thinking you know my mom will help me plan my wedding and she'll pick up my wedding dress with me and she'll be there when my babies are born and that was I mean, this is something that you have in your mind, right? As you're living your life is that your yes. mom is going to be a part of all of those milestone moments for you. And so losing her, I mean, truly like, as I was like right on the verge of getting married and getting into that space, I mean, it's, it's devastating no matter what phase of life that you're in, you know, of my course. sister would say the same thing. She has two of her, she had two of her kids when mom passed. And so they both have memories of her and it's so bittersweet to have two of her kids remember but the rest of our kids don't have any memories. I mean, it's just, yeah. So no, I, I wasn't married yet. I didn't have my baby yet. And so what did you, you said that you were hoping for a miracle for mm -hmm. your mom and, yeah. and it didn't happen. Yeah. How did that affect your faith? Oh man. Um, you know, we, one of the, one of the beautiful things about uh, our 
faith tradition as members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints is we believe in priesthood blessings and healings and miracles, truly. And a lot of people get those. And it's a beautiful, beautiful thing when that happens. And when it doesn't happen, especially if you have seen miracles happen for other people, it can be extra devastating. It just feels like a double you know, a double knife, double, double pain, double, you can edit this, right? Yes. Yes. <laughs> double edged sword. Yes. Well, double the not pain. because it's, yeah, it's, you just have this extra, you know, zing that comes along with it because you know, and you've seen other people get these blessings and then to not have it come into your life is so hard. And I've shared this story, you know, a lot of times that if anyone's heard me speak before, but I say that you know, my faith was just laid waste. It was completely, you know, knocked to the ground, destroyed, none of it left. I had to start from kind of square one in deciding again, do I believe in God? Do I believe in life after this? Do I believe, like, what do I believe? Because my whole idea and understanding of what God looked like as a loving, just, merciful God, no longer applied. There was no way that God could be those things. And for her to have suffered for so long the way that she did and to still be taken, like there's just no way. That was horrifying for me to go through these months of processing that. Like, what does what does that mean? Does God not exist? Have I been lied to? Or did I just misunderstand? Or, or, or. Yes. And, Yeah, it really, it laid the foundation for me to discover more dimensions of God. I feel like I knew God in a very single dimension kind of way. Right. Yeah. And it just helped me. I mean, it was, it was terribly painful going through it, but it really, like I said, just laid this foundation for me to understand him in, in a way uh, that was just more dimensional. So when you said that your faith was, it was just laid out, like just <laughs> flattened. Mm-hmm. How did you rebuild from that? Did you take a step away for a while and say, okay, I'm, I'm just going to take a step back. Or did you immerse yourself more into the scriptures, more into learning the different characteristics of God and Jesus mm-hmm. Christ? What steps did you take to start rebuilding that faith? Mm-hmm. One of my favorite quotes from um, Emily Freeman is when you can't see the hand. I love her. Yes. Oh, she is fantastic. She really is like one of my favorite people. Ever. Me too. Oh. And so uh, one of one of her quotes is when you can't see the hand of God in your life, look for his fingerprints. I love that. Yeah. And that's where I felt like I was, where I could not see God's hand. And yet there were these little, little moments that would come to me, these little moments of inspiration or these little moments where a song would hit me in just the right way, or someone would text me at the at a time when I needed it. Just these little evidences, I guess, that God was still aware that he and which which meant that he existed, right? It was like these little evidences of the goodness in the universe, maybe is yeah. it. Yeah. Just that the universe is inherently good, even with all of the bad and all of the suffering. There were all of these little moments. And uh, for me, I didn't dive, you know, deeply into the scriptures at that point. I spent a lot of time in prayer. 
And I spent a lot of time trying to listen for God and the way that he was speaking to me because he, he speaks to us in all different ways throughout our lives. Yes. And one of the ways that I found that God was speaking to me so powerfully was through Christian radio. Oh, I, was, um, I know. So weird because I, I grew up in, you know, our faith tradition and, and I had never spent a lot of time listening to worship music. Isn't that so funny? Like we don't, it's the yeah. weird thing. You think that that would be like, oh, and here's some amazing <laughs> uplifting, but it's like you think. when, when we listen to like the, it's like Mormon Tabernacle, well, Tabernacle yeah. Prayer at Temple Square, that yes. was like <laughs> the music, you know, and for teenagers, it's like, well, that's beautiful, but you can't really get as excited about it as an adult, it's my very favorite. Mm -hmm. But there weren't Callie reads mm -hmm. when we were growing up. Like yeah. we didn't have like the contemporary Christian stuff now. Yeah. So, but I, I always yeah. think about that. Like there is some beautiful, amazing, fun music mm -hmm. that we just somehow missed. <laughs> I know. And it's actually become so, it's a, it's a way bigger thing now than I feel like it was when I was growing yeah, up. Yeah, Because now I agree. when I do events, I'll go, you know, to all these different places and do timeout or do whatever firesides. And people will know this contemporary music. And, you know, they'll talk about the radio stations that they listen to or the Pandora stations or whatever contemporary, you know, Christian artists they listen to. And I just randomly stumbled across Christian music, this radio station. It was in the middle of the night. I was on my way home from the hospital, having spent time with my mom. And um, I was just praying and struggling. And I came across this Christian worship music station. And I didn't change that radio station for like months. I just kept it on. And I thought this, at the time I was writing secular music with a producer that I knew we had a, well, he had a songwriting deal. And so I was like working on writing songs with him. Yeah. And yeah, I just, I suddenly had this shift inside of me that was like, man, why, <laughs> why am I writing music about what I'm writing it about? Like why nothing, <laughs> none of this matters. Right. Like I'm having like this existential crisis as my mother is like, you know, coming yeah. to terms with her own mortality, yeah. which is just, you know, rocking my foundation of everything. Of course. And, yeah. And so I started writing Christian music and that for me was a huge anchor, just this huge saving grace where I could feel God and I could feel the spirit when feeling it at church or feeling it in my own scripture study had become so difficult because my grief was like so heavy and so blinding that just the way that I was able to connect was through that music. And I think, like I mentioned a minute ago, I think it's so important to remember that God speaks to each of us in such unique ways. Yes. We need to worry less about how God is talking to someone else. Like, well, why don't yes. I get an answer like that? Right? Like if you're hearing this story and thinking, well, God doesn't speak to me through music. What the heck? Like, well, how is he speaking to you though? Because even in the scriptures, he talks to prophets in different ways. He talks totally. to everyone in different ways. Fires you know? on the rock, burning, yeah. appearing, voices, all right. different ways according to what they need at the time. Right, right. And so I think it's it's just important to pay attention to how God is speaking to you. And if you don't know how God speaks to you, like if that feels like some nebulous, weird, well, I don't know what that means maybe pray about it. Like ask God, Hey, will you speak really loudly to me this week? Maybe it's in thoughts that you're having. Maybe it's in, you know, things that your kids are saying, or if you're reading an article and something just jumps out and hits you right in the heart, or 
maybe it is your scriptures and maybe it is conference talks, but, and maybe it's a variety of all different kinds of things, Yes, but it's just so important to be intentional about hearing. I love that. Yeah. He's always speaking. Just listen. Like he's always learning. Yeah. I love that you said that because I think that he does speak to us in the ways that we need to hear him. And for Mm -hmm. you, it was music at the time. Mm -hmm. And, but he doesn't, I love that you said, maybe it's a variety of ways because I feel like, okay, well then if I'm not always listening to music, I'm going to miss thing. you know, (laughs) like it can be, it can be in so many different ways, different times when you need it. So one of the ways I've learned, especially since we we received the challenge from our prophet, President Nelson, to hear him. One of the ways I've learned I hear him is through my grandma. Oh, and she so just cool. has like the best wisdom. And I always feel better after talking with her. And I just, I mean, I always thought, well, I just love being around her. I love talking with her. This is my mom's mom. And I love my dad's mom too, but she doesn't live here. She's up in Canada. And so yeah. I see my mom's mom more. And so we go out to lunch. I go over to her house. And one day I was just having a bad day and I text her and I'm like, I'm coming up. And this, this, <laughs> this is so funny to talk about during this. Um, we watched The Bachelor together. Yes, we do. <laughs> my 85-year-old grandma. Yes. Oh, she's so, into so it. awesome. <laughs> so I'm like, okay, grandma, I'm coming up. We're going to watch The Bachelor. Such a spiritual evening. <laughs> I was going to say, so tell me how you felt the spirit while you oh, watched Let me that tell you. We muted the show. <laughs> we muted the show, of course. And we just oh talked. God. Like we just, we just were talking. And I was, I always just open up to her about, and I, she's one safe person. I can like blah, vent yes. all my stuff and not have her judge. Like I could talk about family members, friends, mm-hmm. and she doesn't care. She's yeah. so unjudgmental. And I asked her this question, like, I don't know what to do about this. And she started talking to me. And immediately the spirit said, listen, Mm. I'm answering your prayer right now. And I was like, oh, and I told her, I said, grandma, I said, that was an answer to prayer. And so I realized all those little times where I'm like, that was such an amazing experience being with my grandma. It was heavenly father inspired her to say the exact right thing at the exact right time. So sometimes we can be the actual literal voice of God for our family members too. Mm-hmm. So after your mom had passed away and, and and you went through this crisis, you wrote the beautiful album, The Waiting Place, mm-hmm. as a tribute to her. Mm-hmm. And as you were rebuilding all of your faith in, in yeah. God, um, which you did beautifully. And I think, though, that aren't we – I feel like at least I'm always doing that. I don't feel like my yes. faith is ever – there we go. It's built. Yes, Absolutely. Think towers get knocked down, mm-hmm. it gets renovated, it gets yes. built up all the time, depending on the trials and challenges that are going on in my life. And it's yeah. just a constant rebuilding, renovating, adding on as I learn new things. Yes. So what did the waiting place do for your faith? Yeah. So I think the waiting place was all about questions. I had, again, I had kind of spent my whole life in this very beautiful, sheltered, one-dimensional faith space. Uh, that comes from having, you know, parents who rocked and they really tried their best and they gave us all kinds of opportunities to fill the spirit and to grow our testimonies. And then, <laughs> oh, and then when life hit in my, you know, mid to late twenties and my mom was so sick, it just destroyed all of the things. But the waiting place itself was kind of this way for me to speak faith that I 
wanted so desperately to have. It was a way for me to like pay homage to all of these questions that had been pushing me to seek for deeper truth, because that's really the, the real question with questions is what are you going to let them do to you or do for you? Are your questions going to paralyze you and keep you stuck and drown you? Or are your questions going to motivate you to seek deeper and dig deeper and grow your roots of faith deeper? Like, are you really going to root down and like grow from this experience? Or are you going to like wither up and die? Because those are your choices, you know? Yep. And so the whole album is about that. And, and the reason, you know, that I call it a tribute to her is because, um, she was just so strong and I, (laughs) oh man, if I live my whole life and get like a tiny little scrap of the faith that my mom had, like, I will be in a good spot. She was just, I mean, seriously, like (laughs) in so much pain with this chemo pack on and if you, you know, the kind of chemo she had that just the side effects were like horrific. And I remember her saying, you know, I just, I just got to learn what God is trying to teach me so that I can just move on past this and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, what, what kind of perspective is this? I'm ready to like burn down the world, right? Like I am, like, I am yes. not okay. And she, the woman who's literally going through it is yes. like, I just have to learn what God is teaching me. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I can't believe you even still talk to him. Like, are we still talking to him? I'm yes, mad. we're mad. No. We're mad at him right now. We're, we're so not mad. And she's just, goodness. And so, so truly oh. like as a tribute to her faith, as a tribute to all of these questions that had just been, you know, eating me up. And um, what you said a minute ago about we're all always going through this. I mean, that's what my Take Courage, My Heart album is all about, is this regrowth process. And that if we, sorry, I'm like segueing here. You can like, whatever. No, it's perfect. But the seasons, the seasons that I think God has blessed us with in this world and the way that the world is constantly renewing itself, in my mind is such a, it's a parallel, you know, there's a spiritual parallel there of there is seasons of cold and death and harshness, but then it's met, you know, there's always the season of rebirth that comes and there's warmth and light and rain. And so in my mind, is it something that we should be running from? Should we be afraid of those seasons? Should we be ashamed of those seasons or should we embrace them as opportunities to like propel us forward. You know, it's like an arrow can only be shot by pulling it back. And so if you're in that space of being dragged back for a minute, maybe you're just getting ready to like, you know, just soar forward. I love that idea of the arrow and, and all the tension and, you know, that, that, Oh, just a pulling and pulling on your heartstrings and pulling you away. And you think, but I'm getting further away from my goal. Right. Like you have to like, wait, no, I want to be going that way. Right. <laughs> and Heavenly Father's like, just wait a second until trust. I release you. Just trust. trust. Mm-hmm. I love that your albums and your music are, they're a tribute to your life and what mm-hmm. you've been through. Yeah. And I love that through each of them, the waiting place. And then what heaven feels like that album, you sing a lot of those songs during timeout uh-huh. and 
you can tell that your faith then it was in a, its new season. Mm-hmm. Like it had been renewed. It was yeah. being rebuilt. You were at a stronger place. Like this is what heaven feels like. This is, and then heavenly father's like, okay, you're ready to learn again. <laughs> Here we go. Here we go. <laughs> and, and you went through a divorce uh-huh. and you had a, a, a little girl, Violet. Uh-huh. So now you're back to, Okay, Heavenly Father. <laughs> <laughs> now I'm back to, I mean, right. figured it like your waiting place again. Uh-huh. Like, now what? Yeah. And I remember talking to you, I ran into you like at Costco a couple times, and, and you were just like, I don't know what life is. I'm like, how are you? And that's the stupidest comment or question. <laughs> how are you? Because, like, you're going to break. I would have. I break down. People ask me, like, you said, how are you? I'm like, I'm terrible. I'm so bad. And they're like, okay, I just, I just walking out to my car with my groceries. I don't That's just what we say you. to people, right? Like, why are you answering this? Honestly? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Don't be real. But you were saying, you're just like, it's so hard right now. Yeah. And, and, and yeah. I'm like, okay, we need to go out to lunch. And that yeah. never happened. Um, we, so many we still kids. do. We There's have so, so many, many children involved. How do we even just live our lives <laughs> normally like showering? Let alone I know. <laughs> So you, you go through a divorce and now you're like, okay, heavenly father, what now, what is my life? And so during this time, because this is what you do, you write more music mm-hmm. and you release believer. Yeah. And so what, tell us what that music was like and how that brought you out of this yeah. really hard experience. Yeah. You know, believer, I had started writing several of those songs, you know, right after my mom's death. And when my marriage was like falling apart, there's a thing that happens. I mean, generally speaking, I don't, I don't know for every single marriage, obviously everyone's situation is different, but for a lot of women I've talked to, it seems like (laughs) there's this amazing like space where you think, wow, I don't think that my marriage is normal. I think we've crossed a line into really bad, but I don't know how to talk about it because we're supposed to like cherish our marriages and our husbands. And, you know, you don't, you don't marry perfection, you marry progress. And so right. at what point, and we're very hush hush about specifics in marriage, like what's okay, what's not okay, what's normal, what's not normal. And, you know, my mother was not around for me to have those really like heart to heart, like, Hey, I just be really open about what's happening. And you tell me if that's normal. Do you know what I mean? Yes. Have someone that you can open up to talk about. Yeah. Yes. About all the things. And (laughs) so I had started writing a lot of these songs right after my mom died. And then a few more when I was in that space, you know, for a year or two of my marriage where I was like, wow, I, I don't think that this is okay, but I also don't know who to talk to about it because when you're married, nothing is just your story. Like it's always someone else's story as well. And so how do I get the support that I need without betraying the confidence of who is supposed to be my number one, you know, in this life? So how do I do that? And it's so tricky. And unfortunately, I think it's not just women, but unfortunately, I think men too, you end up just not getting the support that you need if that means, you know, somehow crossing lines with an experience that your spouse has had or or something that is theirs to experience or their, or their experience first. I don't know if that's like too random, but yeah, no, it makes sense. Yeah. And so it's just really so, so tricky. So this was a different kind of waiting space, but a waiting space nonetheless, that just was so heavy and felt like there was no 
ending. Like it was just going because I did not get married to get divorced. Like that's not, that was never an option in my mind. I did not think that we would ever go down that path. Um, we had a kid, we made covenants. Like you just, you don't do that. Do you know what I mean? Like that's really how I felt. And so, um, anyways, seg- that, was, that was like a huge tangent away from your original question. But, so these songs, these songs on Believer had, had ties to so many other struggles than just my single mom time, which was um, an adventure. <laughs> it was super, of super course, exciting. happy, sweet Callie would call it an adventure. <laughs> of course, you would say that. It's funny. I saw, I saw a little quote like years ago that I, I used to share at timeout all the time. And it said, I used to say my life was stressful, but I feel so much better now that I called it exciting. So you should just, you know, the next time someone asks, you know, how are you, are you feeling stressed out or you whatever? You just say, Oh no, no, no. I'm just, it's just exciting. It's just it's exciting. Just, right. Feel, oh, my life is just super, so thrilling. exciting. So, <laughs> but then what if they ask, tell me how I'm like, Oh shoot. Well, <laughs> you can tell them. So mad at all my kids. <laughs> Wouldn't you be excited if this was happening to you? Wouldn't you be excited if your kids drew on your wall with permanent marker? That is so exciting. We get to paint our walls. What colors should we pick? That's exciting. Oh, many. Just don't. Why would you paint them? You still have children, Carmen. That's true. Honestly, Are you getting I lo- rid of your children? Then no, I know. Paint them. That's true. I look around at my beat up furniture and I'm like, but why would I ever get new furniture? Don't. It'll just Never. make you mad at your kids when it they will. ruin That's it. That's true. Don't. Love your children. Let them destroy the furniture. Oh, you can that have nice things when they advice. move away. It's fine. So true. Oh, but then you have grandkids. That is true too. But there's so much like smaller chunks with the grandkids. Smaller chunks. You know that's I mean? true. Yes. You don't have them always. That's and you can true. have rules. Like don't jump on this. And then you don't have to like every day be like, stop, stop. Just every now and then. They don't, don't listen anyway if you say they stop. Don't. Like it's they, they don't, they don't care. They're like, that's funny. You didn't scream like a mad woman yet until you're like freaking out and then like, oh maybe she means it. Well, and then they listen, but then they're like, Why are you so mean? And it's like, yeah. why do you make me be mean to you? Yes. Like just listen to me. Just listen to me. My seven year old the other day, he's like, Mom, I just don't like moms who yell. <laughs> Like, it was so sweet that he just, like, grouped us all together. Like, not saying I don't like it when you yell. Like, oh just gosh. in general, moms who so yell. I so just sad. don't like that. And I'm like, well, I don't like children who don't listen. That is literally what I would have said. That's exactly <laughs> what I would have said. To my if kids. you listen to me, I but will not yell at you. That's so fascinating that you don't like that. Wow. While we're sharing. Let me While we're sharing. I, well. I love that. While we're With sharing. You. This is a safe space, right? <laughs> we're being real open with each other and I like it. Thanks for, <laughs> thanks for making this conversation. <laughs> but I think it's That's so every- true. Okay. We digress. <laughs> Holly, what were we talking about? Okay. Yes. So we were talking about believer. <laughs> we were talking about believer. So yeah, believer. And it's interesting. I feel like God had spent so many years teaching me to wait, 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 be patient just hold on. That's hard. It is so hard. There's that quote. It's Neil A. Maxwell. Faith in God includes faith in his timing, which to me is always like, oh, because I suck at that. Yes. I'm so bad at it. I just, I want to plan everything for God. For sure. You know, because he's so busy. Like, just let, here's the plan. Let me plan it. And then you just bless it to happen. Well, and and then we hear things like men should be anxiously engaged in a good cause. And Heavenly Father cares about the little things in your life. He wants what you want. So it's like, wait, how do you reconcile both of those things then? Right. Right. It's very So how did you? Yes. Yeah. So I, I don't know that I ever got really great 
at waiting. Um, I, I actually, <laughs> uh, there were so many years in my life where I feel like people would say, just read your scriptures. And I would go, they don't help like in my brain, you know, but I'm like, yeah. <laughs> I wasn't open enough to just say that to people because I didn't want them to know how like unrighteous I was. And yeah. so I would just like say, oh, thanks for the advice. That's great. Great and, advice. Um, but I really, I did this study on patience and it was fascinating to me. I had never realized how many different scriptural figures spent like years, not, not just like a couple years, but like decades sometimes just wandering around and like That's waiting true. for God to do something in their lives. Like apostles, prophets, disciples, like entire nations of chosen people, right? Like that just, they do what God says. They're obedient. They do what God says. And then he just kind of like checks out for a minute and they just like, okay, we're waiting now. And yeah, they just, yeah. I mean, like the children of Israel is a huge one because they just, they just wander. Can they you imagine? Around. They're in the desert. They're For years. Manna. Like, did yeah. you know that manna literally means what is it? They're <gasps> eating that. That's what they eat. What so is it? David Butler told me that. <laughs> I love oh, that. It's hilarious. Can you imagine how grumpy you would be if you were eating so what is it every grumpy. day and like sucking water out of rocks and like <laughs> and you're God's chosen people? Can you imagine how you'd be like like what what are you doing for the not chosen people? God like what? I, yes, I would be the murmuring one for sure. I me would too. Yeah, and I think so often in the scriptures we really like to think of ourselves as like the Nephi's and the Sam's when really, I think we're maybe a little more like, I know to think, but, um, so that study was actually really helpful for me. And I would recommend that highly to anyone who is in a space. What where they did feel you like, do? Like so, the so, topical yeah, so guide? Topical guide. Okay. You can even Google. And there are so many fantastic, even, even non uh, Latter-day Saint authors and pastors and speakers that I, I mean, I like went to town. I read so many sermons online. I watched YouTube sermons. I read conference talks. I went to the topical guide and looked at patients. I just, I just made a study of it. Anytime I would open my scriptures, that's what I would be reading about. And it just really opened my eyes to kind of, you know, that same thought as what I had heard my mom say years ago, you know, what is God trying to teach me here? Instead of why is God doing this to me? Like, boo, I don't like it. It's like, what is God, what is the lesson that I am failing to learn over and over? And so he continues to need to teach me this. <laughs> like, yes. if I would just learn it, do you know, then I'm sure we can move on to something else. And so uh, that, that was extremely helpful to make that jump. And it helped me just in my relationship with God and feeling more loved by him and more seen from him. I mean, I truly thought, okay, the children of Israel were never lost to God when they right. were. He knew exactly where they were and what yes. they were doing. And that was so helpful to me to know just because God is not actively, you know, guiding me down some specific path, or maybe he even is, but just because I'm unaware of it in this moment, yes, does not mean that he is unaware of me. Like he right. loves me. He is aware of me. Look at all of these other examples of this. And they truly, I mean, the scriptures are chock full of them. So that was very helpful. That and then what's amazing. funny is that Believer, the songs of Believer ended up <laughs> really helping me have the faith to move forward in marrying John. Because I suddenly found myself dating this guy who was a widower. And I told myself I would never, ever do that. After my mother passed away, my father remarried very quickly. And that was 
I mean, I don't even have words for how hard that was. And I love, love, love her. I love her now, but it took me years of needing to work through my own grief before I was ready to have a relationship Absolutely. with her. Yes. She's like the nicest human in the world. So she was like, take your time. And I like wanted her to be horrible. And like, I really didn't want to like her, <laughs> but she was just so sweet the whole time. Oh. Anyways, we're good friends now. But so I told myself I didn't want to marry a widower and I didn't, I didn't want to even get involved in that world at all. And then here comes John and the connection that I felt with the kids was so immediate and the connection that I felt with him and with his entire family. And it just felt so serendipitous. The whole thing just lined up and I was terrified. (laughs) What if, what if I've just lost it? What if I am making all of this up? What if I am fabricating all of these feelings or these thoughts? What if, what if, what if, and it could go horribly wrong. And then there are so many kids involved and like, how do we do that? And anyways, I, the, uh, the faith in God's timing concept that God had been working with me, you know, on for the few years before I met John really, really came in so strongly to kind of carry me through those few months of us meeting and dating and making, you know, huge decisions. Well, and having six kids, like talk about (laughs) patience, right? Like those qualities that you developed of like, honestly, and that's Mm -hmm. someone told me I've never been a patient person. I get, I get <laughs> like, I just am not. Yeah. And I get angry really easily and things yeah. bother me. And it probably comes from being like really highly sensitive and, yeah. and like little, like clothing doesn't fit right. And I get really mad and I lash out and things like that. And so I sound I like really awesome person. Out. I know that's <laughs> true. But, but I, I've never, and after, um, so I had my four boys in six years and someone told me, I don't know where I was. I was somewhere with all of them just being crazy. Mm-hmm. And someone said, you are such a patient mom. Aww. And that was like the biggest compliment because I had never felt like I was. Yeah. And through that, Heavenly Father's mm-hmm. like, okay, going to, and I would pray for that every night. Please, mm-hmm. Heavenly Father, help me have patience. Please bless me with patience yeah. because I believe you can pray for the virtues that you want. Yes. And mm-hmm. he absolutely like, I, I joke around a lot, but honestly, I feel like the reason why I, I am alive and my kids are alive <laughs> is because Heavenly Father's like, okay, yeah. you, like I will bless you with that, but yeah. you, but you have to be willing to let me do it in the way I know is best for you. Mm-hmm. And it's going mm-hmm. to be hard, yeah. but I will give you what you want. And I think along with your study of patience, I think that's such a good idea for anyone that is struggling with anything with temptations, with, with maybe saying bad words or, or, you know, lashing out with their Mm -hmm. tongue or being, you know, stuck in like maybe being more lazy and not wanting to really be involved, whatever it is you're struggling with to research that virtue that you want and incorporate it into your soul and into your heart and then ask heavenly father to bless it with you bless you with that. And that's like an amazing example of what you did. I love that you said, and I love that you talk about that virtue in specifically because this world, it's like instant, you get instant help. Like you said, Google something, Google it. It's right right there whenever you want it. Mm -hmm. Heavenly father has never, well, rarely, I would say been an instantaneous (laughs) God. It's Mm -hmm. mostly the Joseph Smith and the Liberty jails, the Joseph in Egypt. I mean, years of 
of, of waiting in prison and then he gets released. Oh, and then Potiphar's okay. Now he's back. Oh, and then, I mean, and then it's a famine. And then, I mean, all, all of these things. So I love that you, that you talk about that because heavenly father is oftentimes takes his time, but it's, it's Mm -hmm. worth, it's worth the wait to be who you're going to become. Absolutely. And I do think one other thing that I don't know that we talk about a lot is the culture, but I think just for me has been such an important piece of learning about myself is recognizing, like taking to heart that scripture in ether where it talks about our weaknesses. And it says that God gives weakness unto men so that they can come to him and that he can help them. And it's it's such a fascinating, my favorite scriptures. Yeah. How often do we think about our struggles in that way? Like this, the thing that you are struggling with is a gift to you from God. It was a special gift. No, like no one wants these ones, right? They're like, that's terrible. Take it away. Yeah. Right. The white elephant gift. Yeah. But it's a gift that God gave you because he knows your soul. Your soul needed that struggle for some reason. So if you're thinking to yourself, good grief, like I do, I don't like this. I don't want to be doing this. I don't want this struggle or challenge or whatever. Maybe ask God, help me to see why help me to see the why behind this why did my soul that. need this thing and there there's something in it for you like that god doesn't give us struggles for his like what viewing pleasure like he no. doesn't have enough to do he's got to like throw right. bad stuff at us just to see us you know i mean never have a hard time. yes like it's, it's not that this is the whatever challenges you have it is a gift from god for your specific soul and what your soul needs to become its like highest expression, right? That's what you need. And brings us closer to him. I love, that's, that is such a great thought of what can we, what's the gift on the other side? Mm -hmm. You know, whatever we're going through. Okay. But what's the gift? What's the potential? What's the strength? You know, like, okay, I have this weakness, but what is the possible lesson I can learn to make this a strength? And then that scripture goes on to say, I give unto men weakness that they may be humble and my grace is sufficient. And if men come unto me, I will make weak things become Become strong strong unto them. Yes. Mm -hmm. So when, so, so back to John, so, so you've been through these trials and you're, and you've written these beautiful albums and and then you meet John and it was a whirlwind. I mean, it was (laughs) because I was like, I like stalk you on Instagram. You know this. I've told you. And I'm like, okay, what is she? And all of a sudden, like, oh, they went to Lake Powell together. What in the world? And then it's like, wait, now she's taking a picture with his kids and saying they'll be a more permanent part of her life. I know. And then, and then it's like, okay, we're probably going to, and then you get engaged. Yeah. And then you were like, okay, so he doesn't have to have anyone watch his sweet babies or have them in daycare. You're like, I will move in to the house <laughs> and I will take care of, of all of these five children at the time while you work and then and then he would come home and you'd go back to your home and but you would essentially you'd be like mom in in interim right like I'm going to be the mom and tell you and we all just because everyone with social media we're all involved in each other's lives (laughs) I remember commenting and I'm like freaking get married like I know what are you doing like don't because you were waiting for a wedding and and we just wanted to see I mean we wanted to see if we could get sealed because that's I I had been divorced and so we have to get clearance this can take a long time it It can can take take a long time yes have I ever told you how long it took for us to get ours no (laughs) when I say when I say the whole thing lined up when I say it was absolutely serendip I mean just God was behind he just was because there's no way on earth 
it would have gone down the way that it did. It took six days. Oh, <gasps> days. Is that the most insane thing? And my stake presidency had just been released. So <gasps> I had been, my bishop knew me. I knew my stake president. I'd been working with them for a long time. They knew all the things. This new stake president had moved in. Like he was like new to the area, did not oh, know me, knew nothing about me. And I thought, John, there's no way. There's, there's no, no way. way we're going to be able to get this through. Like I need to form a relationship with this man. Like, yes, right. It's just not going to happen. And it had turned out that he had come with his daughter to an event that I had done. And so he had seen me sing and speak like all day long at this event. And then he had come after. Yep. Bear my testimony, do all the things. And so after he had come up and just, you know, and I had no idea who he was. And he was like, I just, my daughter needed this. I needed this. Like, thank you. And I, you know, talked to him for a few minutes. And so when I scheduled my appointment to go in and meet with my new stake president and I walked in and was like, hi. (laughs) It's It's you. and that that is truly bananas and and even how you met your husband that he commented Mm -hmm. on a song that you sang and was Mm -hmm. like oh this meant a lot to me after I lost my sweet wife Mm -hmm. and and then you responded back and then I mean you can read all about that you you (laughs) document your story on your Instagram on is it Um, Kelly Reed your Instagram handle yeah Kelly Reed okay can I tell you I have had I've had a million horrible dating experiences, horrible. And every time I hear stories like this, it makes me want to throw up a little bit. And so I feel like- You deserved it, Callie. Are you joking me? Like, and and you said that too. You're like, I would be like, no, this does not happen. This is not real. Yes, sometimes, I say that. It doesn't. And I feel like- Heavenly Father just lets <laughs> the most magical, amazing things happen. Every now and then, yes. Also, also some really terrible things, but magical things. And if you can just live in the magic, just- like, yes. And accept it. When it, it. Happens. Yes. Mm-hmm. And so from, okay, first time with the email to getting married, how long? Oh, let's see. Um, well, so we- <laughs> We went out on our first date, which was like three days after we started talking. Okay. We went out on August 1st and we were married on uh, November 2nd. Three months. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Is that, I know I want to barf. It's No, it's not because when speaking of God's timing, when it's right, it's just right. And that's actually something that, you know, it's like the, the other half of me prefacing that way was to say, God had taught me for years and years the patience and the hold on and the wait and the just wait, wait, wait. And then when I met John, it was so loud and it's actually like the most tender thing. So his first wife's mother, so his wife passed away in case anyone, I don't know if we, if we mentioned that, but just first, he was a widower. Yes. yes. And so it was very sudden, very unexpected. It wasn't like a long-term thing. It was very, very sudden. And his First wife's mother actually gave me a clock that's still in our house when John and I first started dating. We, were, we had been dating for like three weeks. So like hardly, you know, and I, I had met her because, you know, she's a huge part of his life and their yeah, whole family, obviously. Grandma. Yeah. Right. Yes. yes, obviously. But she gave me this clock that had the Neely Maxwell quote on it that just said, faith in God includes faith in his timing. I know I was going to be right to tell you about Aww. it. And like, I mean, this woman, again, her name is Teresa, Mother Teresa. Like it's just, it goes right along with her soul. Yeah, just the the faith there and the pull there, it was so strong. God is not always loud in my life, but he was so loud. And it's been like three years now since we got married and 
honestly, I mean, every day I, <laughs> I think to myself, I married up, I married so far up. John is an unbelievable person and truly such a better person than I am. It, it is just possible. I had no idea that this kind of happiness and connection in a marriage like could exist. I truly did not. And like, man, God is good. Life is hard sometimes, but God is good. But God is good. You deserve it, Kelly. You are equally matched. I like, I don't know John at all, but I know you. And so I think that Heavenly Father was was just, he knew what would happen in your life. He knew what would happen in John's and then prepared you to for each other. And it was when we were commenting like, oh, you were like, oh man, life's kind of stressful going home. And we were like, elope, like go. And so six days and then you did, you were like, we're doing it right now. Like we're, yeah. we're not going to wait and plan this. You're, yeah. I mean, it was a beautiful thing, but you're like, no, we're just gonna. And you're like, I did something. You posted like the back of your wedding. Yes. I did something over the, and we were all like, you got married. Oh my yeah. goodness. And was that just the most beautiful, joyful, yeah. like amazing time? Yes. We had, we had been praying about it because we wanted to get sealed but we also knew that that probably wasn't likely, but we also knew it wasn't good for our kids to continue to be like weirdly dating, but we yes. were so engaged. It was just very, very odd. And so and hard. Yeah. And John, <laughs> we had like bought a house. And so I was living in the house and he was living in the other house. And it was I just do not know how you did that. Like, <laughs> it so, Well, it was temporary. It was really temporary. Yes. But, um, but so we, uh, we had been praying and fasting a lot and we just mm. felt really strongly that we just needed to get married. And so we had set a date and we knew we wanted to get married like at the very first of November. Cause that was like my only weekend home for like the rest of the year. Cause you do so, so many timeouts. Cause I, yeah. Cause I'm working. Yeah. And so, <laughs> and so we had decided that we were going to do that and we kept going back to, you know, we just really want to get sealed. There's no way the clearance comes back. So it's okay it's okay. We'll just get married. It's okay. So we had planned the whole thing. We had flowers. We had, you know, the kids clothes and we were all ready to go. And then I got my letter on a Friday. I got it Friday. And so the temples are closed on Monday and I, we called the temple on Tuesday morning and said, hi, can we come and get sealed? <laughs> oh my gosh. And that's, and that's what we did. And that's what you did. You came <laughs> Seriously, you what we did. sealed. Oh my goodness. And how amazing. And now look at you, Callie yeah. and your beautiful life. And, and you have a beautiful new album. Um, like you said, tell us the name of your, of your new album and yes, what so these songs take courage. Take take courage. courage. Mm -hmm. And so what advice would you have for people that are in their waiting place right now, still because of COVID that mm -hmm. aren't able to get sealed in the temple for different oh, reasons and yeah. aren't able to have that fairy tale life that they are wanting, what would you say? Just, ah, just wait, just Absolutely. wait. I think that God has a very specific path. He, he sees each one of us where we are and what we need. And I think if we can let go of our expectation of what God should do in our lives based on what someone else has done or how God should bless us based on, you know, blessings we think we deserve or what we think we want. Sure. I think we have to remember that God's perspective, his ability to see what is good for us and what is for our ultimate benefit. <coughs> 
excuse me, is, is so much bigger and grander and larger than anything we could ever imagine. But that requires a lot of trust. And I think, I think one thing I would recommend is maybe take a minute and evaluate where your trust with God is. You can oh. believe in God all day long without yeah. trusting in him. And that's a hope issue. So faith is different than hope. Faith, charity, and hope. Do you have hope? Do you live with a perfect brightness of hope that God knows you and loves you and that your happiness is his ultimate goal? Yes. And and for years and years, I would have said no, that I don't have a hope in that. This is just pain. He only teaches me through pain. Do you know what I mean? Right. And and that is, I'm like retroactively so sad for myself, <laughs> but like I didn't realize how badly I needed to rebuild that trust with God so that I could have more peace as I walked that path. And I learned so many things regardless, but it was just very painful. And I think, I think that that's just a really important thing to look at in your life. So maybe ask yourself, do, do I believe in God? Yes, sure. Do I have hope? Do I trust God? And if not, how can you build that? What does that look like for you? What steps can you take? That's a perfect way to end this is do I, I love that you brought that up of, can I trust God? Because it is a different thing than believing in him. Because then when trials do come, your belief can go away. It's like, well, mm -hmm. this didn't work out the way I wanted it to. So then therefore you don't love me and you're not real. Yeah. And I've seen that happen in so many of my friends' lives in, in family members' lives. And even a little bit in my life where things didn't happen. And then I'm like, well, wait a minute this was a good desire. This was something I really wanted. This is something I asked you for and it didn't happen. And then it's why yeah. you don't, you don't care. You don't really yeah. care. You don't, I'm not really important to you. Yeah. And therefore maybe you don't even exist and don't even, it doesn't matter. And you can easily spiral, spiral, spiral downward to where yeah. you are this crisis. And that as a very like small version of that happened right before conference weekend that my husband and I were praying about a very specific thing for one of our children and it didn't happen. In fact, it was the complete opposite. It was, it, it was so much worse than we had ever even like from what we wanted to happen. It went, it, it was like, Oh, 10 times worse. <laughs> and, and Brad and I were both like, wait a second. It's not even like, Oh, well that just didn't happen. It's like, it didn't happen. And then so many more terrible things on top of it. And I was like, I was mad. I was really mad and questioning. And then Elder Holland waiting on the Lord. <laughs> so, and it was like the same, like you talked about the same God that can deliver someone in an instant, like Samuel, the Lamanite, the fight, the arrows are just chick, chick, chick. Yep. It's the same God that had the children of Israel wander yes, for and, years. A minute. Mm -hmm. and the same fire yeah. that protected Alma and Amulek in the prison. Yep. Burned Abinadi. Yeah. It's the same God. And he doesn't love Abinadi more. I mean, they were both doing the right thing too. Yes. Mm -hmm. They were both preaching the gospel and sacrificing yep. and 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 then but the women and children died too. Um, but then the fire was a uh, uh, was on the rock for Lehi and showed him all these revelations. So it's like it, it, you don't know why. And I think that's you can all day long drive yourself crazy with the whys. Right. But if you trust him, it's like, but you know why, 
Yeah. I don't, but you do. Yes. And can I trust in that? Is and that can enough? I trust in that? Mm-hmm. Yes. And yeah. if you can, and this is not, I am not good at this or perfect at it. And, and <laughs> I'm so glad that you reminded me to do that because if I think if we can, oh, how much more hopeful would our lives be yes. if we could and just do that? peaceful and just peaceful. That's what God it's, wants for us. Even in the, the heart, you know what I mean? Like, it's, it's not all about suffering. Like suffering can teach us, sure, but we can have peace in those really dark, hard times because peace is not the absence of chaos. It is the presence of God. And that is like one of my go-to quotes. Like I love it. So I much. love to repeat that quote. So peace is not the absence of con- chaos. It is the presence of God. It is the presence of God. And you can tell it wherever you are, whatever is happening in your life, he it- can be with you. All the time. It's like, it's like the sacrament prayer that we can have a spirit always to be with us. Yes. It's, it's an actual promise. Yeah. It's not, that sounds nice. Right. Like imagine that, that we can always have him with us. Mm-hmm. That's pretty amazing. Mm-hmm. I'm so grateful you took the time to come on my podcast today yeah. and for talking about all of the good you have done through your music, mm-hmm. through sharing your wonderfully beautiful, amazing, exciting life <laughs> on Instagram. <laughs> so tell us where can people go if they want to listen to all of these songs that we've been talking about, listen to your music or come hear you speak. Yeah. So iTunes, uh, Apple music, you can find it. What is, what is the Android version of that. Is it Google Play? Google Music? Must be. Okay. So I don't it, even it know. Is on, you can find it on the Android platform. I just can't think of what it is. Perfect. Not my world. So you don't have to have an, an iPhone. To no. Listen. Yeah. No, you don't have to. And you can find it. A lot of it is on YouTube, streaming on Spotify. So any major platform, you can find it there. Great. Or you can buy it at Desert Bookstores. You have your EP available. Yes. Thank you. Yay. I'm so glad. So go check out Callie's new EP, which is called again, Take Courage, My Heart. Take Courage, My Heart. Mm -hmm. And hopefully that her songs and inspirational stories will help you take courage in your life and live a more positive, fulfilled life. Callie, thank you so much. And for all of the good you are doing. Thanks, Carmen. It was so good to see you. Thanks for listening to this episode of Doing Good with Carmen Herbert, available exclusively inside Our Turtle House. At Our Turtle House, there's something for the whole family. From full-leg talks that you can't get anywhere else from some of your favorite speakers, to fun family home evening lesson plans that follow the Come Follow Me curriculum. There's even short daily devotionals made specifically for your teens. Plus, you can get two months free when you sign up for an annual plan. Just go to OurTurtleHouse.com to get started. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you back here for another episode of Doing Good next week.